the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives free. Free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with a very special guest, Dr. Kevin Williams, who for the past 25 years has served in various capacities with Berkeley Youth Alternatives. He has done grant writing, legal counsel, development and policy director, uh, workforce development director. You name it, he's done it. Served as the associate director leading development of organizational systems, payroll, supply chain, contracting. Oh my gosh, uh, so much here. And, 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 and as well as holding the role of the financial director. Um, and so during the past tw- uh, two years and uh, during this pandemic, he's filled in for the executive director. And really did a lot of that financial work as well um, and has recently moved into a new role as the official executive director at of Berkeley Youth Alternatives. <laughs> Exciting. Um, a little bit more about um, Kevin that I think is really important. Since 2000, he's been affiliated with UC Berkeley School of Public Health, where he's, he was the associate director of the Center for Public Health Practice, the field supervisor for health and social behavior and environmental health sciences students and where he continues as a lecturer. And in 2006, he was recognized as faculty of the year by UC Berkeley Conference of African-Americans. Prior to that, he um, joined the Center for Public Health Practice and he was a research professor of law and institute scholar with the University of Houston Law Center, where he was also recognized as the faculty of the year um, by the Black Law Students Association. So just and, and this goes on and on. He's now an adjunct professor with Turrell University's public health program, where he teaches on criminal justice law and public health policy. And he is also the um, he, he was a past chair for California Black Health Network. Um, earning his law degree from the University of Houston Law Center um, and just a wealth of knowledge as it relates to law, as it relates to public health and 
just, you know, old school as it relates to loving people. How about that? <laughs> Dr. Love People, right. Berkeley right. Youth Alternative Leader. Welcome to the show. We're so grateful to have you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, I am very uh, humbled and, and just honored to be here. And, uh, you know, when you list out all the things I've done, um, it reminds me of all the work that other people poured into me. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, I have relatives that have come and gone and um, who were always encouraging me uh, to continue to excel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they always said to me that to, to whom much is given, much more is required. And I wouldn't be here without my my relatives, especially my parents, um, who uh, did not accept anything lower than an A in my <laughs> upbringing yeah. and the coursework. And um, that really has motivated me, you know, to always be uh, thinking about excelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I do. Um, first, because I don't want to let them down and get in trouble. Uh, but then secondly, just understanding the tremendous opportunity I have um, to assist and help other people. So um, being a person of color, uh, my uh, mother always instilled in me that we have to be perfect in order to be considered good. And that has stuck with me uh, throughout my professional career to try to strive to be perfect, uh, knowing I'll never get there, but mm-hmm. try to understand that there are certain things that we have to accomplish. And um, we always, being a person of color, have to enter spaces, understanding that there is a higher uh, scrutiny on us mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, sort of forceful advocates for the folks that we care about. Um, we have to get it right because we might be the only ones at the table that look like us, understand us, and are supporting us. So, yes, you know it's funny. Uh, this theme keeps coming up for me. We just had um, fifty-three students graduate from our IT Biz Academy this past week. Woo woo! Exciting. Nice. And uh, thank you. And we we kept talking about this concept of being the bridge, be the bridge to the people that um, look like you live like you come from your background um, so that, you know, they have a better opportunity ahead of them. And it sounds like your um, your mom and your your parents really understood that. And, um, you know, one of the one of the things that was recently said about this bridge concept, and I can't remember who said it, but it wasn't me. So I just want to make sure that's clear. They said, mm-hmm. if you want to be a bridge, you have to be be, be prepared to be walked on. Mm-hmm. And this work is hard and being perfect is is hard, isn't it, Kevin? Right. Is it hard? Being, is, was it easy? Were you just a perfect mm-hmm. child? Just tell the truth. And don't make your mom call in, (laughs) please. You know, I was fortunate that I was the youngest of three boys. And I learned from their triumphs and I learned from their so-called learning opportunities. Uh (laughs) And I learned how to be an advocate because my middle brother was getting in trouble all the time. And I was the one who would try and persuade my dad not to issue any punishments. So I learned how to be 
almost an advocate or a lawyer when I was much younger. And I would say that, um, you know, the thing that I understood really early on was that there weren't any excuses that I could provide. Um, I could give examples or, or reasonings uh, that could help. You know, my brother got out of trouble, then eventually me got out of trouble. But there weren't any excuses that my parents really accepted. Right. You know, if they told us something, uh, we were supposed to take that as gospel. We weren't <laughs> supposed to say, well, Vincent down the street. Right. You know, he was doing it. Right. And that just wasn't plowable. It wasn't something that my, my parents would ever go for. Mm-hmm. So I learned early on that, um, you know, I had to come with facts. I had to come with research. Um, you know, I'm still old school. I read the paper every day. And I learned that growing up, this is pre-internet, um, that in order to make a really good argument with my parents, I had to have facts. And so in those days, it was the paper. Um, mm-hmm. So my dad and I had these great discussions growing up around the dinner table. And I was the only one that would engage him. And, uh, you know, we were constantly going back and forth. And he said, where'd you hear that? Where'd you read that? I said, it was in the paper. He said, oh, I didn't see that. And I would go and get old newspapers because I had read it maybe two weeks before. And we kept them before recycling. And I'd pull it up and I would say, well, this is what I read. And this is what it says. And he would then say, well, you can't believe everything you read in the papers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but, but you're resourceful. Uh, yeah. Right. I was schooled in argumentation very early on. And uh, I didn't know what my, my parents were doing at the time. But my mother said early in my life that she knew I was going to make some money using my mouth. I didn't know what that meant. But she said, you talk so much. You're always arguing. You're always supporting either your brother or some kind of a person or a position, I really see that you can be a strong advocate. And um, I didn't know what she meant then, but, you know, as I went through my educational journey, I thought about being a researcher. I wanted to be engaged in policy. I wanted to be engaged in the current issues of the day with, you know, the, the forces of analysis. and. <clears throat> I was a history major. Uh, my mother said, you know, there's no money in history. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, why don't you consider political science or why don't you consider sociology uh, where it's more applied in the now? And so I did that. And um, I was very fortunate um, to you know, be admitted into law school. And um, that really opened my eyes to the types of tools that I was going to need in order to help the people that I most resonated with, those folks who uh, are under-resourced, you know, for maybe where they were born or family they were born into. Mm-hmm. Circumstances that, you know, in many cases, they don't control. And I wanted to be a supporter or, as you called it, a bridge. Now, yeah. How do we enable people to realize that they have innate potential? Even if they've been labeled certain things and told they can't do certain things, what are the tools necessary to really affect change in their lives? And I had a great role model in that. One of the things that I need to share, full transparency, is that I have been able to work with uh, the most dynamic, wonderful person in the world to me, my mother. Mm-hmm. 
preceded me in the role as executive director for 32 years. And I was by her side for 27 of those years. Wow. Got to see the fight and tenacity that's necessary if you're going to help people who are under-resourced, historically oppressed, you know, all the things that we know Mm -hmm. have helped uh, hold back many of the people we're trying to to work with. She lived that, you know, as a young woman growing up uh, in poverty, youngest of nine. She saw that. So she resonated with the people we're trying to help for so many years. So really my job to build upon that and utilizing any tool that I could develop um, to really help the folks that initially was her vision is now part of my life and my vision. Yeah. Wow. What a, what an amazing um, just legacy, right. That's been established there between her and now yourself. And, uh, and do you have children that are also uh, being groomed to take on the family? Well, n- none biological. Um, <laughs> my my son is going to be two in literally three weeks. Okay, very nice. I will say that I've had many children come through these doors who I have seen as folks that I've been pouring into. They've seen me as a father figure, uh, but to have one of my own is very different. Mm-hmm. It's the the joy of of my life, my faith, and my kid are the two things that keep me going. Yes, and um, he is everything. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it's really wonderful. wonderful to be his dad. Yeah, it's funny because I'll see. You know, I'm I'm a pretty fierce advocate for um, underserved, under resourced, right? And uh, my my daughter's been watching me. Our youngest is 14, and she. Mm-hmm. Um, She'll, you know, kind of be taken up for people at school and someone's getting bullied or someone's mm-hmm. being, you know, she's like, I think that's sexual harassment, mom. I think that, you know, we might need to have a talk about that. So she's like right. calling stuff out. She notices when there's mental health challenges and, mm-hmm. you know, self-esteem challenges. She just has all of that dialogue that she can True. go into. Um, and um, and I, you know, I'm always going all right, so you're going to take up whatever fans for me? And she goes, uh-uh, Ma, I don't yeah, <laughs> Even right. she has a bend that way. She's like, I see how hard it is. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, she's only 14, but we'll give her some time. <laughs> anyway, well, um, we're going to take a quick break here and um, we are going to come back. I'd love to talk a little bit about what you're doing with Berkeley Youth Alternatives and how that maps into this value system that you've just outlined of, of really pursuing excellence, of education, of giving back and of being um, someone who uh, prioritizes family and um, and and education in, in their lives. So thank you uh, so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio, and we'll be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious? Or going through a difficult life storm? Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to doveteachings.org to see great Dove Teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at doveteachings.org. That's D-O-V-E teachings.org, where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Dr. Kevin Williams, uh, who has been a fierce advocate for uh, people in the way of education, of public health, and just um, uh, rights, um, people sort of being able to bring all of who they are into the world um, and is the executive director of Berkeley Youth Alternatives. Um, I wanted to dig a little bit into Berkeley Youth Alternatives. Mm-hmm. So community-based organization with a vision to provide a secure and nurturing environment for all children, youth, and families of the community and promote to uh, people's of fullest potential, the freedom to develop individual skills and the visions of the world. And so Tell us uh, a little bit about what you're doing, what that means, you know, kind of practically and and who you're serving. Love to hear more about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, You know, it's a a lofty vision, right? Yeah. Vision statements are supposed to be like that. And so that they can give you some motivation and also give you the opportunity to shift uh, and change when the the seas uh, shift and change. So uh, a little bit about uh, BYA was started. Uh, in the late 60s as part of a response to how law enforcement was treating those coming to Berkeley for the civil rights movement, the free speech mm-hmm. movement. And so there were a number of advocates, uh, pastors, ministers, lawyers, who thought that there was something fundamentally wrong with locking up people who were fighting for their rights mm-hmm. and the rights of others. And um, the organization realized that the kids who were coming you know, pretty much college-age kids uh, coming from all around the country, the Midwest, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, probably were not going to go back once they got a little taste of California. Mm-hmm. So the organization actually started off as a runaway youth house mm. um, because that was the way in which our um, various government codes classified young people who were not uh, at home. Uh, they were runaways. I think the whole term of homelessness was not uh, in parlance at the time. So the um, powers that be, law enforcement would say, well, you're a status offender. You're not at home with your parent. And so we're going to lock you up. And mm. uh, the organization said, no, let's provide services for these individuals. Let's provide them with housing and food, um, counseling if needed, because they're not going to go back. And so uh, BYA started off with housing and and, uh, counseling and things of that nature. Um, Fast forward to the 90s, um, there was lots of uh, need uh, to intervene from an academic standpoint, economic development standpoint, uh, as well as just general health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when my mother got involved. Um, The neighborhood in which BYA is housed or headquartered uh, was being overrun by the drug trade, uh, drug usage, 
uh, the so-called crack epidemic. And we are adjacent to a park that was crime infested. And um, she came down as a crime prevention specialist. Uh, did not want the job, actually. Um, was asked several times and she said, no, no, no. I just want to have a small academic program for younger kids uh, because we need to start younger. And they said, well, can you take over BYA because this organization is going to go down if we don't have some leadership uh, that's willing to uh, make the hard choices, was willing to put in some good programs for all of our kids. So she finally said yes. And immediately the organization was uh, confronted with a huge financial crisis um, and a crisis of uh, purpose, meaning what were they going to do with crime in the neighborhood, with young people who still needed to have uh, wraparound supports uh, and housing. So uh, B-Way decided that it was going to focus on the uh, children within the school system who were at risk of failing, um, young people who were already in the probation system that needed a place to, to come after, so, you know, they were re-entering into society. And the, the reality was a lot of our young people didn't have employment, didn't have employment opportunities um, that uh, may have been uh, available to other people, mm-hmm. uh, folks with high school diplomas, folks with connections in the private sector, Folks who did not look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, there was a study being, there was a study done that said the life expectancy for those in our neighborhood, right, compared mm-hmm. to those in the hills was 20 years less. Why is that within this city, this very progressive city of Berkeley? What was going on? Yeah. So yeah. the whole discussion about race and ethnic di- uh, disparities in the health system uh, became a real big deal. So. Um, in consultation, you know, with our neighbors, consultation with our youth and our parents, uh, we went from having two programs uh, in the 90s, uh, employment and counseling, to having 22 programs now. Um, and obviously, over a 30-year period, uh, you grow based on doing really good needs assessments and conversations with uh, your youth and, you know, getting really great board members. So um, we have been able to invest in our kids uh, with the understanding that they need everything we got mm-hmm. from mental health support services to employment, to to housing and to, to food security. So uh, we, we try to do all those things. We, we realized a long time ago we couldn't do those things by ourselves. So we're always looking for great partners and we're looking forward to working with you. Yes. Yes. Right. That's right. Well, we've got some, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit. I, I, I did want to pull in this whole um, correlation between health and poverty, because I think it's so important that, you know, a lot of people don't know about, you know, adverse childhood experiences about the underlying health issues that have to, you know, that come along with trauma. And I think that has major implications to the work that we're doing, Kevin. So I, I want to bring that in here in this next segment. And then I also want to talk about how we're going to be partnering together. I'm super excited about that, but we're going to take a quick break. And uh, thank you all for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. 
Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Dr. Kevin Williams, who is the executive director of Berkeley Youth Alternatives. I was actually Googling uh, your uh, your mom's name. Nikki, uh, right? Nikki Williams. Correct. Yes, right. Nikki Williams. Okay. So, um, I was just trying to make sure I... I uh, kind of mentioned her there because there's such a legacy here that she's established but i wanted to highlight before we talk about the this talk this intersectionality between health and, and poverty and the need right is is that what i love about what you shared about berkeley youth alternatives is that it sounded like she was just leaning into yes like yes there's crime you need housing oh here sure. we go yes i'm gonna show up and fight against you know whatever crime is going on and, and advocate for people to not go into prison or jail, but to find alternatives, right. For right. them. Um, and, and you just kind of, we're just showing up for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And working out all the details later. Sure. Um, that's amazing. And I just right. want to acknowledge that. And I too, you know, kind of run that way and, mm-hmm. and it, it can get a little heavy. Right, sure. Kevin? <laughs> you sure. Do a little restructuring. Right. Yes. Right. To make yeah. It more streamlined. Right. Absolutely. When you're dealing with people, it's not, we don't have this pretty little package of like, here's the mission statement mm-hmm. and here's the three things I'm going to do for you and they better work. And if they don't, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't right. look like that. Tell, tell me how you, how do you grapple with that? Well, you know, I'll say a couple things since you mentioned my mother uh, about her. Um, she led with love. And so that's why I love the title of your organization. Mm. You know, she did a lot of things out of love. And a lot of people would say tough love. Yeah. Uh, because she knew uh, the upbringing of a lot of our young people because mm-hmm. she lived it. Mm-hmm. And so she wasn't going to take any excuses for why they couldn't achieve. Because she's like, look, I came out of poverty, not knowing much, not being told that I was, quote unquote, college material, except by one person Mm -hmm. who saw something in her. And so she took that as a way of living Mm. uh, in working with our families, our parents, you know, just no excuses Mm -hmm. Uh, and ensuring that we had the support system once we identified with our youth what they wanted to do. 
Um, and, and so there were t- times when she would go out on a limb and she'd be making talks and, and speeches and presentations and making commitments. I was like, well, how are we going to do that? She's like, son, we run on faith. We run on love here. Yeah. And your job as the, the lawyer and the, you know, the person who has the grant writing ability is to find the money. But she goes, I know you'll do it. So uh, many times, like you said, people don't come with ABC condition and you can just diagnose them and give them DEF prescription. Uh, everyone's different. And the approach that we've taken has been uh, really grounded in love, grounded in hope, uh, with the understanding that we're trying to meet needs uh, because we understand we have to get people stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you start talking about Johnny going to, to college, let's make sure Johnny has a regular source of food, Yeah, has clothing, has really good support that's going to encourage him or you know, her uh, mm-hmm. to move forward in their, in their lives. And so right. the whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay, that's theoretical, right? But for us, it's real. It's real. You know, um, we had folks come in, our young people coming in our doors who hadn't had a really good meal. Uh, and so I used to call the executive director, our executive chef. Yeah. She'd be in the kitchen for two hours a day because she's like, these kids, these babies mm-hmm. need food. Before we start talking about how come they're not doing well in math, how come they're not doing well in English, how come they're not going to school? Uh, and so that really was the foundation for a lot of things that we did. Uh, it turns out that we were able to use um, that sort of thinking with most of our programs, uh, meaning let's find out what the need is. We know what we want them to do, but let's find out what the need is before yeah. we start talking about college. Yeah. Let's talk about you know, why you showed up smelling like marijuana right. or why is it you always have alcohol on your breath mm-hmm. or how come you're, you're missing, um, you know, a, a button, multiple buttons in your shirt or you mm-hmm. don't have a belt. Right. Let's talk about those things. And yeah. A friend of mine once told me who was working up at juvenile hall. One of the kids told him, don't put anything in my head if you can't put anything in my hand. Come on. A lot of our young people are so overprogrammed to the point where people are trying to help their programs by fitting kids into their program design. Right. Where it should be the opposite. Let's get funding and then find out what young people want to do. And then that's helped them do that. You know, we're in nonprofits, right? We know we have to check a lot of boxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kids don't care about boxes. No. They care about, do you care about them? They need what they need. Uh, Right. And so how do we fill those needs? Now, obviously, yes, it's a recipe for burnout for you and me, Vanessa, because Mm -hmm. we see needs and we want to fill them. And sometimes those darn government contracts and foundation contracts don't allow for that. Uh, And so we try to make it work. Yeah. Any way, shape or or, or, or any way we can. You know, I've loaned the organization money in the past. So did my mother, because we just want things to work out for our children and our families. So, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're people driven, you know, and, 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 you know, and I don't, I don't want to change. I don't want to be grant 
outcome driven. I want to be people driven, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, just pulling in this, this whole, you know, the, the fact that this work is hard and, and why is it hard and why we have to look at this holistically. A study was just published on November the 4th. Um, Neuroscience News um, published it and it said trauma during childhood triples the risk of suffering a serious mental disorder in adulthood. And um, it says those who experience trauma during childhood were 15 times more likely to be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder later in life. Um, I've seen other studies that show, um, you know, a correlation between dementia, a correlation between um, asthma, between cancer and early childhood and early deaths. Right. Um, ACEs shows very clearly adverse childhood experiences done by the CDC and Kaiser. Right. You all know, just for the listening audience to kind of know where we're pulling this from has, you know, demonstrated this correlation between trauma, early childhood trauma and these health conditions, which you can say to someone, well, I got to get you through my, my IT class. But sure. and, they, and they come back and go, well, I have chronic asthma. Right. And um, it makes it hard for me to breathe right. sometimes. And I could say, well, you're not making the cut. So you're right. out. Or I can recognize right. that. Oh, you've got this profile thing. Oh, you got right. this poverty thing. So we have we have a few minutes left in this segment and we can keep talking about this in the next. Sure. You know, how how do you how do you manage those two? Sure. sure. You know, and, and, I, and I like what you said about being people driven. We have had uh, so many contracts and, and things where we've committed to getting certain outcomes, mm-hmm. uh, but we've never lost sight of the fact that we're dealing with human beings and they show up how they show up. And it's our job to have conversations with them to really fill out, figure out what the needs are. So what we've done is taken a really trauma-informed care approach, uh, not only with our clinical staff, we have 11 clinicians here but also throughout our organization to ensure that we don't fall into this outcomes trap Yeah, that it's about that first encounter many times, right? Yeah. We say all the time, youth vote with their feet. If yeah. they don't quote unquote feel you yeah, uh, when they first come in, it's most likely that they're not going to come back. Mm-hmm. And so what does that feeling them mean? It means yeah. coming at uh, the initial relationship from a holistic trauma-informed perspective so yeah. that you can make those connections between how they're showing up and what we can actually offer for them. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some actual classes, some actual work, the different things that Berkeley Youth Alternatives is going to be offering and, and is currently offering. So if you are listening in and you're thinking, I need to I need to send someone there. I need, I need BYA's help. Um, please uh, tune in. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. 
Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Dr. Kevin Williams, who is the executive director of Berkeley Youth Alternatives, otherwise known as BYA. And we are talking about... You know, the people we serve and the challenges that we encounter in serving them um, and really the the ways we're overcoming those challenges. And so thinking a little bit more about sort of the practical things that you're doing, uh, yeah. one of the things that I was excited about. So I had a young man living in um, our men's, our, our home for homeless men, wow. and um, and he he, you know, I offered him IT biz and he's like, I'm not really interested in tech. And I offered him, I was going to send him over to Cypress Mandela for construction. And he was like, no, 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 that's not me. And I said, what are you into? And he's like, I just want to be out in the mother earth and, and with, with, with the outdoors and, and, you know, learning about, uh, ecology and, you know, he's very interested in agriculture. And I thought, okay, Let's get you Ooh. over to BYA, right? So that's nice. maybe maybe share with the listening audience yeah. what you're doing in the way of agricultural education. Sure. One of the really cool things that we have is an urban farm uh, that young people are growing uh, produce. And then that food gets into our food distribution program. Uh, we have three opportunities every month um, to distribute food to the community. And our young people are involved at every stage of that program. Um, and another piece of that is not just about you know growing food, but it's also about understanding the environment, environmental justice. Um, we are engaged in a project now with the Ecology Center on Climate Action. Uh, as well as working with the Office of Energy Services with the city of Berkeley, which has a climate action plan. Um, But I'll tell you, years ago, it was our youth advisory board made up of young people who said, you know what? BYA needs to be at the forefront of the green energy movement. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh And they said, well, how come we're not a green building? Yeah. What do you mean? And they said, well, how come we don't use solar? We have a 22,000 square foot building. How come we don't have solar? And at the time, Vanessa, I was just I told them, we're just trying to make sure our roof doesn't uh, leak when it rains. Right. You want us to do solar. And so we've been on that pathway of, of really encouraging our young people to think about green practices, but our staff and our board. So we, we're making a commitment uh, to, to put solar in uh, hopefully within the next uh, nine to 10 months. But that came from our youth. Uh, another piece of the agricultural work is we use a curriculum called Roots of Success, 
Mm-hmm. which really educates young people about the, the air environment, natural environment, transportation, mm-hmm. as well as the built environment. Because a lot of people don't understand our built environment has a lot of influence on our health, mm-hmm. uh, our neighborhoods. Uh, how come there are not enough you know, lighted uh, parks and, and uh, elongated sidewalks and, mm-hmm. and that nature? So uh, we've been involved in, in those discussions. Um, the thing that resonates with our kids, though, is when they have an opportunity to give out food mm. you know, because of the fact that some of them have been food insecure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're feeling like, wow, I'm giving back while I'm getting something as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of them have then said, you know, I want to be in the nutrition space. I yeah. want to be a food counselor or a nutrition counselor or something of that nature. Uh, and we benefited from some great partnerships, Alameda County Community Food Bank, as well as the Berkeley Food Network. You know, um, during the pandemic, I'll just give you this little factoid. Uh, we gave out 3,000 pounds of produce every month. Wow. And the need has only grown to 4,000 pounds of produce every month. So, um, and our young people are involved in that. And, and that's wonderful. That's beautiful. And, you know, anytime you can... Um, you can empower a young people, a young person to feel useful and, you know, that self-efficacy that they feel I fed someone. Uh, it's so there's something about that. Um, I remember trying to come up with ways that I could really connect with with the heart of a, a young people that I was teaching dance. And when I started to let them know when well, we're out here dancing, because we would go to fairs and places where people were homeless. And when we're out there, we're bringing joy to people um, that are feeling hopeless Correct. and just them knowing kind of the emotional connection to whatever mm-hmm. we're offering. Um, it really caused them to show up on time, uh, prepared, yeah. you know, just all kinds of cool stuff that comes right. from Feel useful. Right. I'm going to ask you about your squash it program. I was looking on your page. So Absolutely. You an internship program on yeah. hours for residents of the city of Berkeley that have been exposed to marijuana, interested in peer education for 16 mm-hmm. to 21 year olds. Tell me about that. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So we're really fortunate. We are a contractor, the contractor with the city of Berkeley, which got funding from Prop 64, which is the proposition that legalized marijuana in California. And the whole premise of this funding is reparational harm, meaning that our people, BIPOC people, were disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. And this program is in response to the um, disproportionate impact that it's had. And we are really encouraging, you know, young people of color who are interested in cannabis education, violence prevention, and suicide prevention to become peer educators. Uh, We want them to work with their peers, but also younger folks in the community on the issue of cannabis. Uh, A lot of folks who are using now uh, may not understand the implications or the effects it can have on them long term, especially if they're below the age of 24. Mm-hmm. And we want to to be a source where uh, we're not only employing young people, uh, but they're educating their community on what these dollars are supposed to be for. And a lot of folks think these cannabis dollars are supposed to go to law enforcement and public safety. Uh, no, they're supposed to go to communities who are impacted by the war on drugs, because I have uh, multiple relatives who were incarcerated over marijuana. 
uh, in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was devastating. Right. Members of my family, extended family, when typically a male uh, was incarcerated uh, for things now that if you get a license for it, you can do pretty well. Right. So we are trying to educate our community about this. We're trying to help those coming out of the carousel system to uh, reintegrate into their communities. Um, and it's it's a dynamite program. Uh, it's had its hiccups. Uh, we just hired our program coordinator. We have a dynamite program assistant. And we're partnering with um, the CEO of Upline Solutions, Patricia Brooks, who's been at the forefront of cannabis legislation and regulation uh, in California since, you know, Prop 64 was even conceived. So we're really happy about that. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back um, and just uh, touch on how people can gain access to some of these programs and then also give them a little teaser about what we might have up our sleeves, uh, you and I. And um, so we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. So welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Thank you for listening in. As you know, we're we're just having a great conversation with Dr. Kevin Williams of BYA. And um, so, you know, one of the things, just the teaser, right, is that we haven't worked out all the details yet, but um, we're talking about offering some IT classes, IT biz classes. Right, right. Uh, your uh, your students. I, I'm curious. Have you been able to socialize it at all? Any anyone getting excited? We we certainly are on this end. Yeah. So let me just tell our listeners: we've had this wonderful space that was uh, utilized for computer classes, just intro classes, for a long time. Uh, initially, we got our donations of equipment from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, before they were good. So this takes us back <laughs> to the mid-2000s. And, and my predecessor, i.e. my mother's a huge Golden State Warriors fan. So okay. I'll talk about how the Warriors started us off uh, with the computer uh, training. Yeah. And when we started this, we were talking about the digital divide. Yep. Lo and behold, we're still talking about the digital divide. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, is exciting is we haven't been able to attract uh, any trainers 
that are willing to come and work with, you know, our young people. We call them youth with promise. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people call them youth at risk, but we say youth with promise. These are individuals who have uh, had some contact maybe with the probation system or law enforcement or not doing well in school and are really good on their phones, right? Um, they know how to use this technology, uh, but they've never had the exposure to go uh, beyond that, right? To, to go on to the back end of you know, how do the computers work? How do apps, how do they get developed? And so we thought that it would be great if we could have a or an organization just come over and take over, you know, our computer training program. So we had the hardest time with recruiting those trainers. So mm-hmm. um, we're ex- ecstatic uh, that we're going to be working together because uh, right now our, our lab's not being utilized. Yeah. And so every day that goes by, we have a young person who didn't get exposure to the latest and greatest when it comes to technology. Uh, and so, yes, we've been talking about this with our staff. Um, our peer educators are going to, to be the first ones um, that uh, it's a captured audience, right? That we'll have go through the training program with Love Never Fails. Uh, and then we envision opening it up. Uh, one of the exciting things we're doing is we have not, um, you know, the reality is we're based in Berkeley, but we have kids coming from Contra Costa County as well as other cities within Alameda County. So we're looking at expansion in the Contra Costa County. And so uh, we're hopeful that uh, when those sons come, we'll not just be serving these kids in Berkeley, but we'll be mobile. Yeah. Your tech platform allows us to be mobile. So so I'm super excited. Yay! burgeoning partnership. Yes. Excellent. Well, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's the idea. And I loved that when you said you were going into Contra Costa County, I'm like, this is amazing Um, because I really think we need more regional uh, work to be done. Um, There's just certain things that Alameda County can bring to Contra Costa County and vice versa. Um, And, and even across the Bay, San Mateo, San Francisco, you know, we have the privilege of having an office in five different counties and seeing the different things that are going on there and the needs that are there. And there's some real common needs, um, you know, where we need some, some local presence, but we can leverage each other's resources and do it effectively and um, not reinvent the wheel. You know, if we we can avoid it, but yeah. So excited to work with you. Um, Well, great. Thank you so much for being on the show. So how can people um, follow up with you? They might want to, you know, the internship you mentioned, their yeah. programs, how, how can they sign up? Yeah. So the easiest way is to go to our website. Probably everybody has a website, but it's just www.byaonline.org. That is our uh, main website. Uh, follow us. You know, on Instagram, uh, it's just Berkeley Youth Alternatives on Instagram or BYA Jobs on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, not too many young people are going to Facebook these days. Yeah. Uh, and we're about to have a TikTok presence. Um, so look for us on TikTok because we know that's how young people like to interact. Um, and then walking into our facility, we never shut down. Um, the pandemic hit. I think formally March 15th and our, our doors were open, you know, the next week, yeah. uh, we never shut down as an essential services provider you know, offering food, understanding that food insecurity and fears related to food were big during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, you can come to our facilities 
1255 Alston Way here in Berkeley. And uh, our main number, if you just need a, somebody to talk to, we can get you connected. It's 510-845-9010. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. And just for the listening audience, if you um, want to get involved in our Giving Tuesday efforts, um, which are going on, we're really uh, several teams are competing against each other here at LNF, trying to raise funds for the various things that we're doing specifically. We're really trying to raise funding for our housing programs. Um, As you all know, we're opening, trying to open up a house for previously incarcerated men um, on December the 1st, and also our AB12, which is our transitional age youth home for girls ages 18 to 21. So please support us by going to loveneverfailsus.com or um, again on social media, Love Never Fails fan page on Facebook, Twitter, Love Never Fails 5, and Instagram, Love Never Fails Us. We're also on LinkedIn now. So uh, follow us and hopefully support us in our Giving Tuesday campaign. All right. Well, we are, it is a wrap for the day. But of course, I want to make sure, like Ike always, I want to make sure if you haven't heard it before or if you need to hear it again, always remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.